T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning and welcome in. Saturday suckage coming right at you with an assist to Dave the Cat. But first, suckage roll call. Don Cooper. They all suck. Grobber. This particular thing absolutely sucks. Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? Chris Rock. I suck so bad, he used to pick me after the white kids. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you gotta embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. We're, we're bad. Oh, you gotta man, embrace it. Stepped right over. I didn't Come on. Going Come on. You guys are not gonna make sucks. anyway. You guys not suck. suck. Hey, when, when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh my god, this sucks. Mark Rohde. Goose Gossage. Boy, he is something. I don't know if he sucks or not, or, or if he's just entertaining. There's him, and you suck. I do. For botching the opening, and because didn't you pick the Bears to win last week? I gave, you you? Reason, I gave you reasons why. Okay. And, and we saw in the first two drives how right I was. It's a good thing I'm so smart. Oh, yeah. I told you the Cardinals would put the ball on the ground. They would fumble. The Bears' defense, too inept to get there when the ball was on the ground. But... Kyler Murray put the ball on the ground. There were opportunities. 
the Bears, as is their want, as is their negginess, cannot capitalize. But I gave you those reasons. And then after that, it was just, God, the Bears suck. They just suck. So do you have anything left to make a case for the Bears to beat the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field? Could there possibly – this is what I was thinking about – during my rushed walk-in, can Steve actually give us reasons that the Bears might beat the Green Bay Packers tomorrow night at Lambeau Field? I do think that there is somebody on that Bears roster, on that Bears defense, who will be brought in and be told, your only job is to step on Aaron Rodgers' pinky, his <laughs> pinky toe, yeah. as hard as you can. And who will that be? I, it does not matter. It, I, I would have... Cassius Marsh would have been not first. Happen. He's broken, folks. right? He's broken. Um, there, there has to be. It's not like there are. There's no expendable players on that defense. Angelo Blackson. Will he get close enough? Travis Gibson will get close enough. He's got a future. Well, no, I mean it doesn't have to happen necessarily as the because it's pretty tough for the outside linebackers the Bears to approach Aaron Rodgers because when he does he typically ejects and either makes a very frustrating 15-yard run or <laughs> finds Devontae Adams down the sideline seriously that is what happens so you, I'm thinking more defensive linemen who can be part of the scrum and just sort of after the play even after a handoff Angelo Blackson or Keem Hicks Bilal Nichols just go up and just give a little yeah. Well, while the refs are looking away, because they're not always just staring at Aaron Rodgers. I do think that the best thing that could happen is to wear the longer cleats to make sure you get all the way through the <laughs> pinky toe. Oh, man, now you're getting sick. It's going to be cold up there. It'll be wet, rain, all the elements. you got to be prepared for I don't for want it. his toe to fall off. Why not? Mm, interesting. What do, you get? what do you gain by having him keep his toe? Good point. And really, what would he what, uh, ultimately, what would he lose by having that taken off because really, I mean, he, he would adjust. It's not like your big toe. It's not like Bill Murray talked about Sergeant Hulka as the right, big toe. Right, right. He's it's not the one-arm toe. guy. He's no. got two arms. Yeah. So he's not talking about the one-arm guy. So. I do think that that is their, their one and their only hope because Luke. as I, as I looked at things this week, mm-hmm. So it all roils around into one thing. By the way, the People's Choice Awards took place. Watched it Tuesday. Was the diva there? Uh, she was. Uh, I believe she had some work to do. We've been we've been okay. going back and forth, and you know they didn't show it on TV, but there were chants of fire negging <laughs> going on. I didn't notice that. And in Lambo, I expect there to be chants of naggy stage. Yes, I yes, would please. think there would be naggy stage. Yeah, yes. all throughout Lambo. But I, I, in watching the way football evolved and devolved and you saw what bill belichick did in Belly. buffalo Belly. against buffalo and like one pass in the first half yeah would matt Nagy ever do that well to protect justin fields's ribs and do you think justin fields's ribs are more in danger with the packers tackling him or with matt Nagy coaching him do you think Justin <laughs> that his future is yeah. worse uh-huh. with Neggy coaching mm-hmm. or with him being a target to be tackled? Ooh, wow, that is uh, that is an interesting conundrum that you have. I'm thinking it's probably Green Bay because whatever damage has been done, it has been done by Matt Nagy up to this point. I did write down two names on my prep sheet while Dave the Cat allowed me to. <laughs> 
and and those two names are the these are two names that Bears fans did not think would be would come into focus. One of them you'll know, and one of them you probably won't. Alex Bars, you'll know that. Oh sure, he, Alex Alex Bars, get him in there. Yeah. You want that extra blocker? The other one is Ben Mason. Does that name sound familiar to you or not, Steve? No, I always fear people with two first names, mm. and Ben Mason would qualify as that. So Mason is more of a modern esque first name, though. There was one, I think when I was growing up, I don't remember too many Masons. No, it was. And same with Perry Bill, Mason was? was the last name. Well, they, last name, but not a first name. No, no. So Mason Ben, Mason Ben Ben Mason. Yeah, I see what you're doing for sure. But Ben Mason is a fullback who is on the Bears practice squad right now. Does, fullback. Does Nagy know that? I don't know if he knows that. I mean, they would still have to make a move to get him on the real roster. So he he's there. He's just sitting there. So these and and honestly, th- <laughs> these are the sitting there. Of course, he is. He's, he's just sitting there. He's just gonna sit there. He must have said something. So he is there. And so it just you sort of can see the game plan building up to this week. And you you're going to have even if Justin Fields says he is not rusty, he's probably going to be a little bit rusty. And he's probably going to be a little bit careful. And he is in a little bit of pain. So unfortunately, I running the football is probably going to be the game plan. I say unfortunately because I know people want to see him him, Justin Fields, throw the football. I don't know if we're going to see the Bell the Bill Belichick game plan. I don't know if they got the guts to do that, but it, it won't be far off if they have it their way. But if you were to do that, what would be the point of putting Justin Fields in there anyways? That's, that's a good question. I think maybe they— Is there they, a reason to play Justin Fields this week? Well, I, I mean, the question that I kept asking this week at Hallis Hall to whomever could answer questions about Justin Fields was, is this game good for him just because of it's the Green Bay Packers? He made the bold statements on the the Parkins and uh, Spiegel show about, you know, we're going we're gonna to get this rivalry back in our favor sooner than later— it's like you're going to have to taste that atmosphere because if Justin Fields is the long-term answer, and I still think that he is, you're going to be playing that team every single year in that atmosphere and hopefully eventually without Aaron Rodgers. I do think that there is some good in him playing there and feeling that and seeing something different and and feeling the rush that that he will literally get from the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. I, I think the, uh, the experience of playing in Lambeau is terrific. Yeah. The experience of playing in Lambeau, Three weeks after an injury that takes six weeks to heal is short-sighted. Do you think by the Bears or by Justin Fields? Because the the Bears essentially said that he was medically clear. They did say he was medically cleared and have been quietly sort of in, in, in a peripheral sense. They've been leaving it up to Justin Fields. They've been saying, hey, it's a pain tolerance thing. Can you get out there and do this? And maybe that's a mistake by the Bears because what player worth his own football soul wouldn't say, yeah, I could tough it out. Right. And why would you let him out there for that? I would. I would not. I. I. He's going to be around longer than the coach, than the general manager, than maybe the president, and got hopefully the random McCaskey. I would. If I. If you are. Let me put it this way. If, as Hub's report said, George McCaskey told Matt Nagy, "Play Fields. I don't care what you said to Andy Dalton or about Andy Dalton. Play Fields." Then. Would it be incumbent upon George McCaskey to say, mm. do not play right. yep. him it would until be. the normal run of a cracked rib has been healed? Of course he wants to play. Yeah, That's one of the things we really liked about him is his toughness. And I don't want comparative rib injuries the way Justin Fields was going through this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. And yes, to answer your question, 
if it is George McCaskey that is making the decisions on play him or not play him, then yeah, it would be incumbent upon him to to say no. By the way, I have a theory on what happened in that room ooh, ooh. when I want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. What? I want to be in the room where it happens. What is that? That's Hamilton. That's Hamilton. No, no, Come you, on, no you're Mark. good. I, I'll give it to you. I did see Hamilton with Dan Dorfman. Ooh. We had a date. You say <laughs> the price of my love's not a price that you're willing oh. to pay. That's bit King George. By bit, putting it together. Oh no, that's a different one. Want to be in the room where it happens? That was probably the most likely, the the most popular meme. The, the most popular audio meme that came out of that. Mm, I'm sorry. Okay, well, our, you are more hip than I. Let's just at, at this point, you have overtaken me. Well, I'm both hip as, and hop. Yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. You are a hip hopster, and you're very Wilco. So what is it? What is it? All right, so when, here is my theory about that Hub report, where Hub reported that it was George McCaskey who made the decision to have Justin Fields be the starter. Right. That he stepped in and as an owner is allowed to do. Here is my, and then of course Matt Nagy went out of his way, unquestioned, unprompted, to say that basically that's ridiculous. That didn't happen. It's my decision. Here's what I think. I think that because they're always talking about how the decisions are that we're all in on, we're all collaborating, collaborating on the decisions. Right. We're all coll- all right. Stop collaborating. Listen, everybody. <laughs> see, see, I'm hip too. <laughs> Yeah, I got your 90s bitching, references. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, where was I? So anyway, so they're collaborating, and all the voices are being heard. Maybe some people are saying don't start them. Some people are saying start them. Whoever those powers might be. Maybe there's a scout in there. All the coaches, all you know, Ted Phillips and George McCaskey, maybe other McCaskies. And my guess is this, that George McCaskey's vote, his his input was, yeah, we. I think you should start them. And so I think that his voice was heard by Matt Nagy, it's sort of like when our boss, Mitch Rosen, puts a suggestion and like something to the effect of, you know, hey, uh, Ian Happ was pretty good this week. You, you know, you might, you know, that don't be afraid to play it. And usually that means play it. So I, the I passive aggressiveness that yeah, goes on with that. Yeah, yeah, feel free. Mitch's thing feel, is feel free. Feel yeah. free to play feel, that. Yeah, to me, feel that's free all. To it, I dare you to disagree. Yes, with Yes, yes, exactly. So I think that in that room, it probably was George McCaskey's vote to have him play, and I think that Matt Nagy, being a a smart employee and pupil, said, yeah, okay, the, I, I'm going to go ahead and, based on the fact that I've heard all these voices, the one that I really heard is the guy that is going to decide my future, and that is George McCaskey, the freaking owner of the Chicago Bears, and so he went along with it. So I, I don't think he directly said, okay, George, yes, sir, I will do that, and it wasn't George going to the – it was George, that was George's vote. That's just my guess. As my guess, George's vote was fifty-one percent. Yes, as it always is. Yes. So I'm just saying, like I, I would probably do that too, and I think that most of the people listening yeah. probably like the fact that it happened. However, it happened. It happened, and it's good that it happened, or else this season would be even more painful than it already is. And the problem, or the thing with that, is the re- the reason Matt Nagy might have gone along with it. In addition, is because you have to go back and retrace all the cockamamie stuff that they said. So you had you had the random McCaskey at the top, who's fifty one percent, and you had terrible Ted Phillips, and then you had Hayden Hayden Ryan Pace, and then you had Matt Nagy, and you had them all collaborating. They all agreed collaboration was going to be the word, some form of that. Yes, and then you you have to tag that 
tie that to what were they told? What were Hyden, Ryan Pace, and Matt Nagy told by Terrible Ted and George as far as do they have to win? Do they have to win a playoff game? Right. What are they? And You're saying in conjunction to, with Justin Fields starting. You're no, saying, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm going back before that because okay. this is where it gets really muddy yeah. and it gets stupid potentially. You got to go back to January when they were told they were going to be kept. When we were told they were going to be kept around because of the magic collaboration. And under those, let's say that was the criteria. That they, oh, you got to win. You got to win a playoff game. We have to do something. Well, that explains signing Andy Dalton, yeah, getting does. married to Andy Dalton, and starting him, making too. Making all the promises to Andy Dalton, even though he doesn't throw more than 20 yards in the air downfield. And he throws four interceptions sometimes. So you that's why they went after him and made the promises and had to start him when clearly all hope. All reason for humanity, Bears humanity, was Justin Fields when they drafted him. And yet, what were they told exactly? We don't know. By Ted and George. Those are the two things that Ryan Hyde and Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy were working with. We don't know what they were told. And you had to wait for, I think they had to wait for George to say, okay, it's all right. You know, Luke, I am your father. Play Justin Fields. The other part is, is you talk about, what the coaching staff may have been told before the season. Like, as you said, did they say you have to win in order to keep your jobs this year? What were they then told when they started Justin Fields? Did that calculus change? Did George McCaskey, did Ryan Pace, did Ted Phillips say, okay, we kind of got our wish. We know that you went with our vote. So if if that was, Sucks. and yeah, it. so then did they say, you, thank you for starting this kid. We know that there's going to be growing pains. You will now be judged differently, which is the case for all of these guys coming back. And I have not seen an answer. I don't know what you feel might be the answer, but I think that's exactly right, that the idea of the idea of their futures being changed because George made a decision on who the starting quarterback was going to be should have a very real effect on on where they go and what they do. Yeah, and expectations, you know. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you what's coming on, what's coming up later in the show. Please. It's just romping and stomping. At 1140, we will talk with Patrick Manley. Oh, sweet. He's Patrick, coming on, huh? Yep. Good. The Long Snapper Award, the Patrick Manley Long Snapper Award given to the best college long snapper will be awarded tonight. We'll talk to him about that. We will talk to him about a coach replacement for the Bears. Very near and dear to his heart. Today's an anniversary of a very special special teams game. Oh, I know exactly where you're going with this. By the Bears. But I won't ruin it. And and his father-in-law. We'll talk about his father-in-law's Hall of Fame chances. Patrick Manley is. And you know what? What's his best memory in Lambeau? It can't be that hard to figure out. Sounds like you got all the questions, man. I'm going to sit this one out. I I love Patrick Manley. I love the man, the myth, the mullet. And I think he's just terrific to talk to. I the mean, man, you're on the the man, the myth, the no, mullet. no, no, the man, the myth, the manly, the manly, yeah. the mullet, yeah, yeah. no, I'm, yeah, of course, I go on with with him and Olin Krutz and, and Molly. It's a battle, like yeah, uh, you know, Olin coming at me and 
you know, no, it's fun. It's a really fun pregame show, and they are always just the best. So I'm, I'm actually the reason I said, oh, you got him. I mean, sometimes Manly can be hard to get on if it's yes. not his paid appearance. So know. you yeah. know, I'm thrilled that he's coming on. That's awesome. But we, I, I love to talk about his award, and I, what's really special about it is that he got that he he it shines a light on a very important part of the game. You notice the guy when he's only when he messes up once for Manly, by the way, right? But it, that's when you notice the guy. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is that the this benefits this award benefits um, a a very special at Bernie's Bernie's books. It's a a very special. Um, a very special endeavor. Good. I, I, and so we'll do that. We also have uh, goats in the news. We'll be discussing that. Goats, goats, or greatest goats. of all time goats? Both. Oh, and we will be discussing ex-bear criminals in the news because that's that's a segment. Sam Heard? Sam Heard? Is he around here? Has he, know, got a, has he got a bag out in the hallway? Surprisingly, <laughs> the, the um, ex-president of the Wake and Bake Club is not <laughs> part of it. <laughs> But God, it's fifty pounds so... of cocaine, you know, one hundred thirty thousand I... pounds of marijuana. That's all. Yeah, and we uh, will do what Mark heard our near award winning segment. We will do that at the top of the hour. So that's it. If you want to uh, text us three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's also the number to make a phone call to the score that nobody ever makes three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. And I don't know if it's that. It, do you have Alan Robinson as part of what Mark heard? I've not heard if you have Mark heard what Mark heard. Uh, I, Alan Robinson. I do, but it is. There's a twist to it. Okay, then I'll, I'll save, explain it to you during the break. I'll, no, okay. I want to. I, I want to hear it live. We'll save that for then. Okay. So you know what? Let's come back with both goats in the news. Yes. Okay. And ex bear criminals. In the news, I am here for all of it. You will be. I'm You'll glad I showed up. Every which, yes. <laughs> and we have the video to prove that you did. <laughs> yes, yes. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday second, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. All right, stop collaborating. Listen, everybody. <laughs> see, see, I'm hip too. That's the hip Mark Grody. I'm the hop Steve Rosenblum. We are hip hop sports talk radio. Saturday Sunday. I don't know why, but on Thursday, as I was walking out of Hallis Hall, and the music is random while they practice. Yep. Like, it, it goes all, you know, decades and times and genres. And for some reason, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby, was a thumping as I walked to my car. I don't know why. It just was. It maybe just random mix, and it came on. Did somebody lose a bet? Maybe, maybe the coaches were controlling the music that day. You yeah, know, they probably dig a little '90s hip hop, little little '90s fake hip hop. Yeah. Sure. By the way, when we were discussing stepping on Aaron Rodgers' pinky toe and and how you figure out who that's going to be, seven seven three texter. Oh, that's right. Text had the right idea. They told Christian Jones to do it, but he will step on his own toe and defer again. Yeah. <laughs> and and smile because his nicely done, yeah, nicely he's, played. He's too way too actually. Christian Jones would be the perfect person to yeah. do it because again, his resting face is a smile, so <laughs> nobody could really go after him for intent and premeditation. It's like, come on, it's yeah, a joke. Yeah, it's, it's a joke. Yeah, we be. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Okay, goats in the news. Let's talk about that. Huh. The Bulls play tonight. You will hear that 645 Chuck's pregame show. Bulls and the evil dreaded heat. This could be a bad one for them. 
But meanwhile, a former bull was in the news. Why would it be a bad? Just because of the injuries and stuff? Oh, they're so shorthanded. Okay, they're so small. They're so short. I just go on. I hate to see the way this story devolves between COVID and injuries, and 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 it it's going to be Jimmy Butler, and maybe that makes it worse. And I just and this is the team. This would be a team, this and the Knicks would be a team most likely to face in the playoffs if yeah. they do as well as they, you they think. Beat, they beat Denver without DeRozan, yes, yes? And I think that was it. I think that was, the, that, that was their, like, okay. That was Everest, and then, <sighs> yeah. Okay, go on. Lonzo Ball's there. Even Lonzo Ball, he plays for the Bulls. Lonzo Bulls. Ball, yeah. Well, LaMelo plays for the Charlotte Hornets. He does. You know who owns the Charlotte Hornets? I do. A fellow by the name of Michael Jordan. So, Somebody asked, somebody asked, LeVar Ball, the dad, the who. Big ball of brand. Yeah. So how often does uh, LaMelo talk to Michael Jordan, get tips from him, you know, get advice? I don't know. And the quote was. My nose is big. How often does he seek out advice from Michael Jordan? Never. This is LeVar Ball. What advice is he going to give him? You tell me what advice he going to give him. I, this is the exact quotes. Did you ever have milk in your refrigerator, man? When the damn thing expires, I hope you throw it away. When was the last time he, Jordan, won a championship? Wow. The game has changed. What's he going to tell him? Wow. I don't know. You know, it, it, it's just on its face, so in, in incredibly stupid. Yeah, you just don't need to say that. No. Maybe there is, uh, I understand what he is saying. That Jordan played from within the three-point line, and it was different basketball. It's just crazy. I but, just, yeah, that's just unnecessary. Okay, so as long as you're talking goats, it came up, both Jordan and goats and the meaning of it, and a goat didn't know she was a goat. This happened so- with no. Stop, Caesar. That sucks. I'm going to walk it up. Caesar's had a long day already. Leave I him know. alone. Yeah. Goose Gossage was on the air. Yeah. So... Jonah Hill, a wonderful actor, yeah, was was on the Jimmy Fallon show. He was talking about the movie Don't Look Up. And in that movie, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Meryl Streep, widely regarded as the greatest actress of all time. Yeah. Okay. Certainly she's in the team picture. Sure. Not just in the team picture, she's in the front row sitting in the middle seat. Undeniable. So Joni Hill is telling this story about the press junket that they have been on with Meryl Streep and Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio for this movie, and here's the way he explains it. It's so cool, and she's so cool, and everyone goes on talk shows, and they're like, this person's cool, that person's cool. Meryl Streep's actually cool, and she's the best actor. In fact, I've been caught... So we've been doing press for this movie, and in the interviews the past couple days, I keep saying... Oh, and you know, getting to work with Meryl, she's the GOAT. She's the GOAT, right? Which, if you know, stands for greatest of all time, right? That's like an acronym that you use for like Michael Jordan or Jay-Z or whoever, or you know, whoever your GOAT is for whatever you're into. And Meryl, to me, is the GOAT. She's the greatest of all time. So the whole week I'm saying, you know, working with Meryl's the best. She's the GOAT. She's the GOAT. And then today we're doing a press conference and she's like, you know, and Jonah is so comfortable with me. He's been calling me a goat all week. And, um, and she's like, and I'm like, what the f-? And I'm like, I'm like, 
and Jennifer Lawrence explained to her, because she was telling Jennifer about this, how she, and she's so cool, she wasn't even offended by it. <laughs> she was just like, I guess he like loves me and is calling me a goat. And, and Jennifer's like, no, Meryl stands for greatest of all time. So she was like, hey, thanks for calling me uh, the goat. I thought you were calling me a goat this whole time. <laughs> I was like, Meryl, you're like and she's still cool the greatest her. of yeah. all time. She really also, is. Meryl shout Street. out to the GOAT, Meryl Street. Street. Yeah. The greatest of all time. Uh, that is just... <clears throat> and you can see Meryl Streep not knowing what GOAT oh, is. Oh, totally. It's like when I said BFF in the Cubs radio booth in my rookie year and Pat Hughes looked back at me and no, he thought I was dropping F-bombs on the air. <laughs> really? Uh, I, I, I swear to God. I, oh, I never told you. I feel like I've no. told that story too many times well, now. Well, recount. No. Okay, I will. I will. Yeah, no, it was, I'll, I'll, I'll make it really concise here. So Eddie Vedder had been in the booth that day and he was right. Yeah. He was talking to talking yeah. on the radio with Pat and, and Ron, like he does on seventh inning stretch days. And it was one of the first times that I'd come across Eddie in that, in that um, iteration of me covering the Chicago Cubs. And after Eddie left, Pat Hughes, knowing that I'm a huge fan of Eddie Vedder, just kind of looked back at me on the air and said, Mark, what did you, what did you think about that uh, performance from Eddie Vedder? Did you enjoy talking well, to him Mark. and and because I, I had I, I got a chance to talk to Eddie a little bit like off air and stuff and I was dorking out with him <laughs> and and then I go I said to Pat I go yeah I said we you know I feel like you know Eddie and I are really close now I feel like it's like we're BFFs and this is on air Pat's looking at me you know because I'm behind him in the booth then he turns around doesn't say a word continues to call the game here's the next bat he in half to the play there's a ground ball and then, and I'm just like, whoa, what happened here? And Miska's kind of looking, whoa, I don't, I don't know what happened. You know, and Ron's like, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. And so then, to the commercial break, Pat takes off his headphones like he does, slowly turns to me, looks at me, and goes, BFF? <laughs> You can imagine that. Wearing that sweater. Oh, Miska and Coomer are just dying. Like they they're not helping me at all. They're turning and I'm like, I go, no, 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 Pat, Pat. That means best friends forever. He's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I go, I go, ask your daughters. I I swear to God. (laughs) Ask your daughter. Yeah, like I was like, ask and 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 again, Coomer and Miska just dying and not not having my back. Um, and it was just, it was just hilarious. And, and he did figure it out eventually. And then it was funny. But at first he thought I was dropping F-bombs on the radio. It's so simple. Even a 12-year-old could figure it out. Somebody <laughs> go get me a 12-year-old. <laughs> Somebody go get Pat a 12-year-old. Uh, All right, we'll take a break. So. We'll get back to, I still want to do bears, ex-bear criminals in the news. We will do that. But we are going to bring in an ex-bear himself, Patrick Manley. Bears. We'll talk to him. The award will be given out. And there's all kinds of stuff around Patrick Manley that, Makes us love the the man, the myth, the mullet. We're going to bring him on. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're BFFs. Yes. Pat knows what it means. He knows now. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Saturday Suckage. Bears. We're going to go to the Scores Hotlines, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we're going to bring in the man, the myth, the mullet. The Patrick Manley Award is going to be given out tonight. And we have the aforementioned Patrick Manley. He's here. He's with us. We're thrilled. Patrick, how are you? 
I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us. I I think it's terrific that you have you have this is the third year, right, that you've managed yes. to shine a light on the guys who only get noticed when they screw up. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. So who are the nominees tonight? How are they determined and explain okay, the so, everything going on? Yeah, well, I'll just start with like how this thing got started. It's the it's called the Patrick Manley Award, but uh Two guys in the long snapping community, and yes, there is a long snapping community. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Gold, who is an agent, who is actually Pat Scales' agent, is uh, big time in the long snapping community. And then Chris Rubio, who is an instructor who might be the best long snapping coach in the country, uh, came to me and they said, listen, it's time for an award for the long snappers in college. You know, there's punter awards, there's kicker awards, there's center awards, there's linebacker awards. And I was like, heck yes, let's do this. What are we going to do? And they said, well, first off, we want to name it the Manly Award. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's that's an honor. Thank you very much. But more importantly, let's get this thing rolling. So that was four years ago. And three years ago, uh, we got together and kind of put together a nominating committee and a group of people of experts, long-snapping experts, to uh, come up with nominees, then down to 10 finalists, and then down to three finalists. And this year, our three guys are Alex Ward from the University of uh, Central Florida, Damon Johnson from USC, and then Cal Adamitis from Pitt. And it's been fun to watch these guys snap over their, over their career, especially this year, watching all their tape. And then we get down to these three guys, and we give all their tape to our, I think we have 15 um, long snapping experts to kind of vote on these guys, and that's how we come up with the winner. And I, I encourage people to go to the Patrick Manley Award website because you will see some familiar names as far as that, that committee to yes. evaluate them. There's, there's Robbie Gold. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's Brad Maynard, the best backward counter. I, I you had some description of Brad Maynard. He knew the <laughs> clock math better than anybody oh, you've ever un- heard. Oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he needed to be standing right next to Lovey Smith or whoever the head coach was <laughs> in the last two minutes of a game to let you know if you needed a kneel, take the timeout, not take the timeout. Yeah, he's he's like a savant like that. When the nominees find out that they are up for this award, mm-hmm. are they like? Wow, I didn't know this thing existed. I, I'm getting an eye. What? Are you kidding yeah. me? So it's funny you say that because they came in town uh, Thursday night, and yesterday, uh, this this award, we, we benefit Bernie's Book Bank. We raise money through for Bernie's Book Bank. And yesterday, we did a book distribution down at the Hope Institute in an elementary school here in Chicago. And uh, I was asking the guys when we were doing all this, I'm like, so what do you guys think of this now, now that it's in its third year? And they said, we love it. You know, we heard about it three years ago. And, you know, Steve, you mentioned long snappers only get noticed when they when they make a mistake. And they were saying that they're excited now to actually get recognized for what they do and and being good at their job. So now it's actually taken off a little bit that it's pretty competitive amongst the uh, snappers in college. And, you know, you get some some hate tweets or or bad tweets at you like, oh, you picked the wrong guy. I'm better than this guy or my son's better than this guy. So it's becoming, you know, it's a thing and it's great for these guys to get recognized. And it's a true position. I mean. I'm almost positive. I think it's like 97% of Division One schools give a long snapper a scholarship. So it's a true position now, and I'm just happy they're getting recognized. And it is cool that they, they're excited to get here. They're excited to get on a plane and tell their teammates, hey, I'm going to Chicago to, to potentially win this award. So it's becoming a, uh, a, a real live award. And our goal is to be involved with the Home Depot Awards and be on stage with all the other major awards. But we're working with them, and hopefully we'll be there soon. And uh, the kids will be able to be up there with, you know, the top lineman, the top kicker, the top quarterback, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a cosmic, we're working on it. It's a cosmic rule. Make a list, start an argument. Mm-hmm. It's a cosmic rule, Patrick. We're talking, yes. with, we're talking with Patrick Manley. And Patrick Manley, by the way, 
is part of the Scorers pregame show. He is. With Olin Krutz and Mike Mulligan and Mark Rode. I make an appearance. Oh, yes, he does. I make that's an the appearance. Best segment. That's the best segment of pregame. It's just you and Olin having a nice <laughs> oh, conversation. My. Yeah, Olin just trying to debunk <laughs> everything I say. What are you talking about, Grody? Come on, Grody. Get it right, Grody. Oh. Uh, by the way, Bernie's Book Bank is mm-hmm. a wonderful endeavor. I, I discovered that about five years ago while purchasing books during the holiday season at Barnes & Noble. And they said, would you like to? And I said, what is this? And through Bernie's Book Bank, you could purchase a book for a student mm-hmm. who would be underserved in that area. I had, like, tears in my eyes because I grew up with... You could pick the age that you wanted to do it. And I grew up reading Dr. Seuss, and I loved Dr. Seuss. And I thought it was a wonderful way to, to teach reading. And I got all choked up that I could buy a book. I could pay for a book to be delivered to a child who wouldn't ordinarily get that. Right. Bernie's Book Bank is a spectacular endeavor for the future of this country, as far as it, I'm concerned. It is. Let me tell you a quick story, because yesterday I said we did a book distribution with two of the finalists. The third one gets in this morning, but... Uh, it is awesome to see these kids' face light up because a lot of these kids don't have books at home. And when they get these books, they just you know they start trading with each other. They're flipping through the pages. They can't read, can't wait to read them. And a neat story is uh, the CEO of Bernie's Book Bank was talking to one of the kids when they got their book, and they said, uh, you know, I asked Santa for Christmas for a book about trolls, and this is a random thing. And the person opens up their bag of books, and guess what's in there? A book about trolls. And he was like, uh-oh, cue the cue. He started crying, like, you know, tearing up. But to mm. see these kids light up when they get these books, it's outstanding. And a lot of these kids can't wait to take them home to read them to their brother or sister and share them with them. And uh, it, it really is a great thing. And I think it's, it's awesome for these kids to be able to, you know, just further their education and further their, you know, learn, uh, love of learning and, and, and love of uh, reading. So it's really cool to see these kids light up when you give them their books. So December 11, 2006... Special teams, something special happened on special teams for your Bears. Why am I drawing a blank? Mm. I kind of am too, actually. I'm looking forward to the answer. Here. The, opponent, yeah, the opponent is the Rams. Oh, this is Devin Hester's two kickoff returns? <laughs> of yes. course it is. Yes, yes, yes. it is. <laughs> Hello, what is it? So, yeah, I can never get enough of the people on the sidelines oh, and yeah. what they think, what they go through, what oh. happens with a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame because he's the best yes. that ever was. So, Patrick Manley, share with us that whatever that whatever the flashes in your mind, the snapshot of that game of one of the two or the, or the whole feeling. Well, just the whole thing, just seeing him when he goes back there, the whole sideline stops, whether it's a punt return or kickoff return. And what was really funny is watching – on third down when the defense would come off the field and Bob Babich, the linebacker coach at the time, is yelling at Erlacher and Briggs to come sit down because they want to go through adjustments. But what do they do? They turn around and watch the punt. <laughs> so they, and Bob Babich is like, Briggs, get over here. Sit down. We get, no, coach. give us. A, you know, they'll put their hand up. Like, no, we're going to watch Devin go to work. So that, that's part of it. And then when you see him in action, it's just it's a thing of beauty and it's you know your jaw drops and all that kind of stuff. But what if, the thing about that, that Rams game, okay, he returns one kickoff return. And I think we were up 15 or 16 or something late, and we have our hands team out there. So it's it's a bunch of linebackers, tight ends. It's not the true kickoff return team, but Devin's deep, and they kick it off deep. And basically nobody blocks anybody, and he still returns it for a touchdown. And then, you know, obviously that blows the game, and we're, we win. I think it's like six, seven minutes to go in the game. But just to be able to watch him do his thing was amazing. And 
and, and more importantly, what was fun was to go into meetings on Monday and watch it like through the, the all 22 and just see how great he was of making guys miss and the reads he was able to make. And uh, it, it was it was it was nice to have a front row seat for that. And they always had Lovey Smith too, like on, on those big returns, running down the sideline, windmilling his arm. Oh yeah, like nobody's more grin. excited. What's that? And a big old oh, grin he had. Yeah, yes. the, the, and he'd those... be clapping. That clap he had, it was like an almost an awkward looking clap. He yeah. Was just... <laughs> yeah. That's coaching, Mister. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. So I don't want to. You, you and Olin and Molly and Mark can break down the the, the Bears Packers mess tomorrow on the pregame yeah. show. What's your best Lambo memory? Oh, man. Um, I got a couple of them. I think the Brian Robinson blocked field goal was yeah. pretty cool after the uh, Walter Payton yeah. ceremony. At From the heavens. Going up there. Yeah. And then the other one is my daughter was born on Christmas Eve 2005. We played the Packers on Christmas Day on 2005. Uh, my daughter was born that night before the game, so I was here in Chicago Spent the night in the hospital, got up in the morning, drove to Lambeau with the team doctors. Oh, my God. Got there about two hours before kickoff with zero sleep. Um, cool thing was I put the, um, I was going to call them paw prints, my daughter's footprints on my forearm. <laughs> you know how they, they put the ink in there and they do yeah. all that stuff? So I'm out there just dead tired, no sleep, um, playing a game after my daughter was born. And we won the uh, NFC North that game, I believe. Yeah, we did. We won the NFC North that game. So that that was a really cool moment of you know, life-changing with your daughter being born and then going out and playing a game with no sleep and, and all that. But those those are my probably two greatest memories. You know, I'm thinking about that, too. I mean, that that is amazing. But as part of you thinking, ain't no way I'm going to let somebody else be long-snapping. Yep. Like, because they could have, right? They could have <laughs> yeah, brought sure. somebody in, right? That has to go through your head, right? Well, well, so we're sitting there, like, opening gifts. I think my in-laws were in town. And my wife, you know, the day before the game, she's supposed to give birth, you know, the next week or whatever. And she's like, um, can you come upstairs real quick? I'm like, what's up? She's like, I think I'm going into labor. And I was like, I have a game <laughs> now, tomorrow. honey. I have a game. I'm thinking that, but not telling her that I have a game tomorrow. And I'm like, well, you better hurry this thing up before kickoff. <laughs> That's awesome. So I have to call, I have to call the team trainer. I call the team trainer. I'm like, uh, Tim, uh, Tamara's going into labor. I'm going to the hospital. Uh, I'll call you in a little bit. We'll figure out how I get up to Lambeau. So that's kind of how it happened. Speaking of your in-laws, I wanted to bring this up because I'm I'm quite passionate about um, your father-in-law. Tamara's mm-hmm. dad is Tommy John. For those of you who are late to the program here, that is Patrick Manley's father-in-law. He won 288 games in the major leagues, pitching for the, the White Sox, the Yankees, and the Doyers. And pitching in the World Series and was spectacular in whatever NLCS he was in. Mm-hmm. And he's not just an injury. He's more no, than an injury. He's, he's, and he's not a doctor. The young kids think he's a doctor. Really? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And I, I have to ask because Jim Cott finally getting in. Yes. Does that raise the spirits in that in the the John family household about getting in? getting this confounding left-hander into the Hall of Fame, and I found a, a great argument. There are many arguments for it, and longevity and 288 yes. wins, yes. and he was spectacularly pitching. If you want postseason, he's got rings he can show you, and he's got everything. But if you look on BaseballReference.com and you look at the similarity scores, now with Jim Cott, who is his most, most similar baseball career shape and type, Every player in the top ten, compared to Tommy John, is in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. which tells you Tommy John's a Hall of Famer. Tells me, anyways. So, what did the election 
of Jim Cott or the 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 results of that right. mean to the John family household? I haven't talked about that person in particular, but we talk about it quite a bit. Obviously, his sons do as well, and you know we argue he should be in. But my thing is is what he's done for the game as well. It's not just the wins, the longevity, but what he's done for the game with the surgery, winning more games after the surgery than he did before, which was right in the middle of his career, um, how he's helped all these other baseball players continue to have a career, how he has more wins than anybody else with the Tommy John surgery. Uh, just, I think all that just wrapped into one, and then with the other guys getting in, he needs to be in. And the other argument I always have is when people ask me about him, like, oh, he's in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> so that, that what does that tell you? Then he's a Hall of Famer. Yes. So I mean, every person is oh, he's in the Hall of Fame, right? Well, he should. No, he's not, but he should be. And then you tell him 288 wins, and you tell him, you know, 26 years pitching at 46 years old, opening day starter when he was 46 years old for the Yankees, and uh, all that crazy stuff that he did with his career. He's just he's a Hall of Famer, and I, I hope it it gets recognized soon because he's getting up there in age and he needs to be alive while he uh, goes into the hall of fame. I was lucky enough to cover him when he pitched for the angels and he was, he tied Jim Tomey as the nicest man in baseball history. He did. It's just unbelievable. Before we let you go, I can't let you come on this show and not ask you about Dave Tobe's coaching candidacy. If there were a, Mm -hmm. a, a bears opening, if that were to happen, And you see, I've always seen Jim Harbaugh. You can go back to Mike Ditka. And I've always, there's been a louder and louder argument for special teams coaches. And then Chris Tabor was the interim coach when Matt Nagy Mm -hmm. was in there. Dave Tobe, I have no idea if he's interested and maybe the whole Kansas City thing. But I've always thought he was a perfect guy to take over a a head coach, take over as a head coach. Do you know where he stands on that? And what do you think about his candidacy if the Bears were to have an opening? I think he would jump at it, uh, you know, every day. And I think he would be fantastic. Just, you know, being in the meetings with him. And what I love about special teams coaches, and everybody talks about it, is they work with the entire team. And when he runs a special teams meeting, the respect the guys give him uh, and how good he is as a communicator, um, and he's, he's demanding, but he's fair. And I love that about a coach or any coach. And I think he would be fantastic. And, you know, I also got a chance to go sit in when he was in Kansas, while he's in Kansas City in his special teams meeting and watch him work. And it's the same way it was he was in Chicago. That respect is there. Uh, you know, he's just a tremendous coach. And I think he would be fantastic. But the one question I would ask him, I'd be like, Dave, who is your offensive coordinator? Who is working with Justin Fields? But I think he would be a fantastic head coach. But that would be the number one question I would ask him. Who are you bringing in to work with Justin Fields in this offense? Well, I hope we get the chance to ask him. Yes. Patrick, thank you very much. And Patrick Manley Award will be presented tonight, correct? It will. And real quick, you can actually watch it. So we're going to live stream it as well on the Bernie's Book Bank Facebook page, the Patrick Manley Award Facebook page, and then I think Bernie's Book Bank YouTube channel. So there'll be those three uh, avenues you can watch it. And is the the mullet well done for tonight? Well, no, I've sculpted it down a little bit. As you get older, the mullet's just not as cool. Mm. <laughs> no, yes, yes, it always. It is cool. cool but, I know, but and then you start losing hair up top. It gets a little thin. It just doesn't look. As so, bad. in other words, your wife told you to cut your hair. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way it works, man. All hey, right. man, I'm looking yep. forward to talking to you, you and Olin and Molly tomorrow morning, brother. Talk to you later. All right, guys. We'll see All you. Right, Have a great guys. day. Yep. Patrick, Patrick Manley scores pregame show tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, isn't it? Yeah. Tomorrow so afternoon. tomorrow is Sunday, so I believe. Sunday night game. The, yeah. So we've got like a 4 o'clock uh, pregame thing. 
and a, uh, yeah, I got all sorts of times to keep track of. So we love ourselves some Patrick Manley. There's so, good. so much to talk to him about, and he's so terrific. And the the idea of Bernie's Book Bank is a wonderful thing that that is ben- that benefits from the Patrick Manley Long Snapper Award. Plus, Dave told, sure, who's your offensive coordinator? That's the question. Yes. Always yeah. is. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, our near-award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. Yes. All Bears. All Bears. Bears. No, no, actually, no. I can't say it's all Bears. Almost all Bears. There's oh. a twist. Well, there's a twist. There's a twist. There's a twist. We'll yep. wait for that twist. Bears. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.